Welcome to the Fit Fact King podcast, where we share the experiences of athletes, personal trainers, and health coaches. We talk about their struggles, mindset, habits, motivation, and most importantly, why they started. If you're looking to optimize your health, then this is the podcast for you. In a world of misinformation, get the facts about getting fit with your host, Amar Graywald. Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of the Fit Fact King. Guys, buckle up for extraordinary experience as we welcome a true powerhouse and determination, resilience and sheer will. Today's guest is not just not special. She is a living evidence of invisible strength of a human spirit. Please join me in giving an awe-inspiring welcome to the phenomenal Amy Bream. Amy's journey is nothing short of a marvel story, to be honest. Born with the challenge of having a one leg, she defied the odds right from the outset. In her early years, she dreamed to be a big in realm of music. But at the age of 15, Amy decided to embrace a new challenge that would immediately and ultimately redefine her limits. She boldly entered to the world of fitness, joining the ranks of the gym with unwavering determination and conquer every obstacle in her path. But little did she know that decision would become the catalyst of the transformation that would leave us all in wonder. Let's just say fast forward to today and aiming is an inspiration to many people around the world. I am sure about that. Uh, competing with the highest level of unforgiving arena of CrossFit. Now, let me tell you, emphasize that CrossFit is not just of a walk in the park for anyone. It is the hardest thing to do for me as well. But imagine the sheer tenacity required when you have one leg. It's a proof to Amy's extraordinary character, mental fortitude and physical ability. I, for the one, to be honest, was just, was not just shocked as, but utterly you know, astonished to hear her story. The narrative of triumph on over adversity she has shaped into her remarkable individual she is today. So without any further delay, let's warmly welcome to the extraordinary and the living inspiration, Amy Brain. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I am also happy that you made this time for me to come on the podcast and, you know, get some of your experiences and then your, you know, your journey. Uh, would you mind telling us about your, about yourselves, like, you know, what mm -hmm. you do and how you all started all this? Yeah. So, um, actually right now I, um, I'm a CrossFit athlete, compete in CrossFit and I do motivational speaking. In addition to that, um, I did not grow up athletic though. Um, so it's, it, that's actually a pretty new world to me. I grew up yep. in music. And that's what I studied. Um, and then I moved to Nashville in 2014 and just started this personal journey of wanting to be more confident and try new things. And, you know, just one small step at a time, I, you know, started going to the gym and doing these things, started weightlifting, which eventually brought me to CrossFit. And here we are. Nice. So do you also, like, I know you just said, like, you do this um, motivational speeching, uh, speech. Mm -hmm. Do you also train people or you just do okay perfect 
I do. So um, moving forward, so I've done I've done group training, I've done individual training. Um, I actually have I actually had a client in um, Melbourne actually for the last year um, that we oh. the, we worked online together, um, and she was one of my adaptive athletes actually. Um, and then now my coaching, like my individual coaching, I do actually more accountability coaching yeah. um, and hear that and like what does that even mean um but essentially when i was doing like one-on-one training i found you talk to people and obviously like health and working out is great yeah. um, but it's just one layer and what i really loved like in our conversations and talking to them about their workouts i wanted them to truly it sounds cliche but like mm-hmm. believe in themselves and enjoy yeah, the yeah. process um, and that implies a lot of other layers and emotions that they're bringing into the workout so um, now when I coach people, it's more focused, like working out as a part of it, but it's more focused on like goal setting. Like yeah. the first thing is like, where do you want to be a year from now? And I'm going to help you get there and let's start making these steps. Um, because there really is no difference between what I've done. I am like a 180 from who I was even a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think that I have like a special gene that made that happen. It's literally mm. just intentional steps. And I want to show people. Training mindset consistency basically yeah yeah mm-hmm. um one like i had i read on your profile you were born with mm-hmm. one leg mm-hmm. and so what were the challenges in the beginning to deal with this because i know it's a lot of pressure on the mind as well because you see other mm-hmm. people you know they have two legs they can do a lot of things mm-hmm. so what got to, what went through your mind you know how did you how did you cop with that sort of um that you were thinking that you know you only have one like i know you said it on your profile that you make a lot of jokes about it <laughs> <laughs> always i love to laugh yeah honestly i had a pretty normal childhood relatively speaking i definitely lacked confidence in myself when it came mm. to athletics and and you know things that you know you reach middle school and suddenly you're hyper aware of how different you are yeah. um but what i will say that it gave me because I always had like support, great family and friends, but um, I think it gave me a natural resilience that actually helped me in life because just like logistically speaking, if you're an AK, which stands for above the knee prosthesis, like I have, because everyone has different uh, amounts of limbs that they have left. If there's an amputation, I actually didn't have an amputation. I was just born without it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you use a certain percent of energy. So if you're missing a knee, um, on average, just to walk, it takes 60 to 80% more energy just to take a step. Okay. And obviously like, there's thought process with that of like, oh, I, I forgot something in the other room. I need to put my leg on. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I had the, like the blessing of having that from a very young age. Yeah. So I think it would have been harder if I had lost my leg later in life. But mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was like, well, it's not a matter of if I'm going to do this. It's just how I'm going to move. It's either yeah, yeah. I like so the it, floor it, it, or that I became natural that. for you. Yeah. So that helped me in life in general. And then when I combined it, like I started doing more athletic things and gaining confidence and doing one step at a time. Um, I think the discipline that CrossFit requires just came very naturally to me because I was like, well, I'm used to doing hard things. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't expect anything to be easy. So it didn't feel like quite as a shock, I think, as Mm. maybe some people experience just because I was, I was already kind of conditioned to do that. So it it helped me in a lot of ways. Yeah. So when did you start um, going, like doing music? Like, so what age you were, you were into that? Um, 
young. So my my mom was our very first piano teacher. She taught mm-hmm. all of I, I'm the youngest of four kids. So I've played piano um, since I was in probably since I was like four. Okay. Um, then I picked up the saxophone in mm-hmm. grade school. Um, and so I've always, I, you know, I live in Nashville. It's a very musical yep. city. It so is, I yeah. sing and songwrite and yeah. So, um, but I've played piano and saxophone all my life. And that actually also helped a lot. Sports and music are very, very intertwined in a lot of ways, just like mm. the discipline required, um, yes. even like, um, you know, the dexterity that you use, like reading yes. piano music, reading two lines at once. Um, I think that helped me pick up things faster than I would have without that background. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. at, at what age you decided that you will not choose become CrossFit? So that was actually very recent. I started competing in CrossFit in 2021. Oh, that's just like yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I picked up my, so I started the, my very first like general workout like let's join a fitness gym um yes. for settings was in 2015 okay. i was like i'm confident i want to try this and it was a boxing gym okay. so i learned how to box and then i learned one of the trainers wanted to teach me how to kickbox which at the time i thought was ridiculous i was like i can't balance to do that yeah, yeah. um but I, I did. And it just showed me, I was like, I've been shying away from all of these things because I thought that I couldn't do it. And really I was just, it was a bunch of excuses. Yep. So that's what brought me to weight training. So I um, picked up my first barbell actually in 2019 and I didn't know anything like nothing about nothing. And um, I started working out what, what really helped me was in 2020 like I'd been working weightlifting for about a year. I knew it was good for me, but I didn't really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was good at it, Yeah. Uh, but I was still doing it. And then in 2020, I, I was working at the gym at this point that I had started like working out at. Yep, yep. Um, and we had to shut down. And the only people that I could see were my two bosses who were males. And I say that because it helped me because I was like, I have to work out right now and you're the only people I'm allowed to see. So I have to work out with you guys. Like you have to let me work out because they had like an exclusive little club. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm working out with you now. <laughs> and what that did was I didn't have any comparison of what females should be lifting. Oh, um, yes. I didn't have anyone to look at. So they would just put, they were like, fine, you can work out with us on one condition. You do what we tell you to do and you can't complain about it because you're like joining. Like I was yeah. like, so they would put weight on a barbell and I would have no idea what I should be lifting. And they'd be like, mm. Lift this. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> and so I, I got strong and it was a couple months of that. And it just, that is where I really started enjoying the process. Um, and I like people came back from COVID and they're like, you got strong. I was like, is this good? Cause I don't know. <laughs> I was like so new to it. Um, and then like the following year um, in 2021 is when CrossFit actually opened up competitive adaptive divisions for yeah. the, for their open. Um, and literally like an adaptive athlete reached out on Instagram. He's like, you should try this. And mm-hmm. I was like, you're crazy. CrossFit's insane. And he was like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You try it. Yeah. You don't like it. And I was like, you're right. So I did. And I went to the games eight months mm-hmm. later. Because so, I, I interviewed a couple of people from First Farm as well. They they live in, I think, um, I don't know where they live. Maybe, maybe Florida or somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, first, like first Farm headquarters is, is in St. Louis, but First Farm people are everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, they, they're pretty big in US. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all other siblings, are they also in fitness? 
Um, not as much. Um, we have like my family in general is pretty athletic as far as there's a lot of like cousins and stuff who played baseball um, and like went through college and all that good stuff. But my family specifically, my brother played a lot of sports in um, high school and throughout college. Mm -hmm. But like the girls, honestly, we all just kind of stuck to music. It was like our thing. And so we did, I had one um, sister who did CrossFit for a few years and I was young. Um, There's a pretty good age gap between me and her. There's seven years. So okay. I always looked at her and was like, you're crazy. <laughs> so who, was, who are the siblings? Are you two sisters? And... Uh, two sisters and a brother. Oh, mm-hmm. two sisters and a brother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. And so when you started, so let's say 2015, um, mm-hmm. when you decided to, that you want to join fitness gym, what, mm-hmm. what was the challenge for you to like, is anyone like the, to say, hey, you know, it's not good for you. You know, just mm-hmm. focus on your music. Was there any person who said that, or everyone was like, like, no, let's do it? You know, I didn't get a lot of pushback of like, you shouldn't be doing this. It's it's funny because <laughs> I think people think that that's what adaptive athletes would encounter and i think that's what i was afraid of especially with weightlifting not as much with boxing but i thought that people would see me weightlift and say you shouldn't do that that's not good for you but really the bigger challenge that i've personally found at least is that people are scared to tell you to do better yeah so like you know i'd go into and that's a lot of why i was afraid to try things because i didn't want people to see me and pity me be like oh she's bad but at least she's trying i don't Mm. want to I want to be good. Yeah. And so um, when I showed up, it's funny that when I first started boxing, um, I had a type of a fake leg is called a prosthesis and I would have foam covers over it. And so um, I was trying to blend in beginning in my confidence journey. And um, so no one knew at the gym that I was actually missing a leg for two months. Okay. And yeah. So then I um, had, I got a new prosthesis made because and all of this, I like went to the doctor. I was like, I want to be more active. What do I do? So they started building this new leg and he was like, take the cover off. Mm. I never had a leg without a cover up until that point. I was like 24 at the time. Okay. Um, and I was like, well, let's try this. And so I remember calling my friend in the bathroom, like having a panic attack the first day that I had this leg that actually showed that I was missing a leg. Yep, yep. And I like was going to walk out in shorts and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never shown my leg at the gym before. And she's mm. like, this is the next step. You can do it. That's it. Um, it ended up being the best thing. Um, and that that gym that I went to, there were multiple locations. And I ended up um, getting another job and another location was closer. So I started going to another location. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like that staff, all locations were great. But that staff in particular was very much like, hey, this is fine, but you can do better. And they would tell me like how to improve my technique. Oh, yeah. And it got me like hooked because I was like, oh you guys aren't afraid to tell me to like work harder. Like I will do, like, I respect that. Like, let's get good. And that location was where they were like, let's teach you how to kickbox. Let's do these things. And it just like brought out this competitive side of me that I didn't really know Mm. (laughs) Um, just how much was there. And it just kind of you on a journey. Yeah. I think it, it makes a lot of difference when someone's there to push you a little bit harder because then you think like, okay, because you think you are doing your hundred percent when the other person thinks, Hey, I don't think so. It's hundred percent. It's 80%, maybe 90%. There is a little room for you to grow. Mm-hmm. That, that does make it a little bit harder. Um, okay. Can I ask you to do something motivational? <laughs> Say something. Okay. Say something motivational. Yes. 
Um, hmm. Well, I think this might be a little bit of a cop out because this is something I've heard someone else say, but it's always motivated me. Yeah. Um, it's the line that says, um, the more that you do, it's not that you become less afraid. It's that yeah. you become brave. Yeah. And I have found that to be so true because I think we tend to have this idea that we, especially like social media. Now yeah. you see these people who are doing these like big things and and maybe even someone would see my account and assume xyz about me but they weren't there like one it's come to my understanding like every person no matter what platform you're on everyone goes through the same emotions everyone's scared everyone's like has imposter syndrome at times like it's we all experience the same things um you just have to take a step in whatever direction at whatever point you're at and people tend to think too long term and want to like compare themselves with people who have been doing it for 10 years and they're intimidated and they shut down Mm. or they think i have a sense of being afraid this is this is a sign that it's not meant for me or like I'm doing it wrong. And yeah. it's not a sign. Like if you don't want to do things that are hard or that make you afraid, then you are going to live the same life for the rest of your life. Exactly. And that sounds mean to me. Yeah. It's like, no, you should like, I couldn't have handled competing in the CrossFit games 10 years ago. I couldn't mm. have handled it five years ago. Yeah. Um, but because I've chosen one thing at a time that at 10 years ago was a little bit scary, walking into a gym and taking, you know, showing my leg for the first time was scary. Yeah. Now I can go compete and handle that because I understand that what's on the other side of it is worth it. Yeah. So, so in the, in the CrossFit Games, how many how mm-hmm. many um, how many games or, or you've been to? I mean, like how many years? Um, I've been at it for the past three years. Past three years, mm-hmm. and what was the I would say? Um, any hurdles? Any challenges? Oh, many challenges. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) I would say, honestly, the tricky thing with adaptive athletics right now, if I'm being honest, it's it's so new that the people that program for adaptive athletics are still learning how our bodies move. Mm. So I remember um, like that first year was, was quite a shock, to be honest, because you know, to go to the CrossFit Games, obviously you have all these online qualifiers to be able to get there. Yeah. Well, the people that were programming the online qualifiers had been programming for adaptive like divisions for a while. Mm-hmm. So they kind of understood like weights and what we should be doing and all of like movements. And so I excelled at that. Like, yeah. even though I was new and have gotten much better than at that point, I was still like, yeah, I can do this. We got to the games and it was different people programming who had not had as much experience programming for adaptive athletes. And it was like night and day. And right now, because they're still growing adaptive athletics, they they only took five people from three divisions to go. So it was the top five. And I was the only person with an above knee prosthesis. And I, I just say that to like my other competitors, they were either they had two knees and were missing a leg before below Mm. the knee or they had two legs and a different kind of impairment going on. Okay. Certainly an impairment, but it wasn't the same level of adaptation, but we were yep. asked to do the same weights and same movements. Okay. So it was like, I was competing and I was like, I'm literally, you're asking me to bike with one leg while all of my competitors are biking with two. 
Yeah. And it was like that for everything. So I was like, hey guys, <laughs> let's like not program like this. But um honestly, that's still been a learning curve there. Um, but at the at the end of the day, I'm very grateful that CrossFit has even opened up like yes. these divisions because to take on adaptive divisions, everyone's adaptation is like a thumbprint. It's so mm-hmm. hard to like encompass every like to have as many people included as possible while also making it quote unquote fair as possible it's very very difficult and Mm. it's going to take a lot of time and knowledge and experience to like get it where it needs to be yeah but first couple years definitely have had challenges (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's hard enough for normal people already let alone that you know that that you guys have to come in and then compete with these people Yes. This is this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what's your what's your daily routine? Like how do you plan your day? You plan your day or it's just like pretty much set every day? Um it's I'm a routine person so yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty say. scheduled. Uh and it does vary a little bit depending if it's like competition season or not. So I would say I mean when it's in the months leading up to a competition like the games everything is laid out for me. Um yeah. so I you know, wake up. I usually have like some reflection what time, time. What time you wake up? Um, again, that depends. I try to wake up usually around like six or seven. Yeah, um, yeah. if I swim, sometimes it's a little bit earlier than that. But um, so yeah, during that season, it's like wake up. I stretch. Um, I will <laughs> usually do it outside if there's like sunlight. Big, yeah. big of that. Um. <laughs> I'll have breakfast and like breakfast for me during training season is one of the biggest meals because you yeah. know everything's like calculated so like what I put in my body when I put it in my body all of that people assume that like when you're in training season it's just about the workouts but really like what's tiring is the me- mentally like you're never off like yeah. you can't just go- come home and be like what do I feel like doing right now? It's like, yeah, it's not like you that. need to at this time to have process before your next session. And then you need to go to bed at this time. So yeah. And yeah. so it's just a lot of that. So then I would go um, direct, direct to my like largest training session in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how long uh, that last? Two to three hours, usually okay. three hours. I don't train as much as like oh, the, some of the elite athletes with like no impairments, just because yep, I'm like, yep. I can't, wreck my body quite like that yes so in training season i was probably working out average of four to five hours a day mm-hmm. so i would train um usually two to three in the morning and then um once in a while too i would like swim or run before that then i would go to a session and then you know take a break work <laughs> yeah. um so i've had a job through all of this and then i just started working for myself full-time but this is okay. like the last couple months of uh, this is the first time before that I, w- yeah. I had another job. Um, so then I would work some and then I would have like a t- one or two hour session in the afternoon. Then I would work and then come home and go to bed. Yep. So, Perfect. yeah. And what's your bedtime? Uh, again, on season, like nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, now is- it's not as stringent. I'd say like 10, 1030. Uh, yep, yep. 1030 is a little late for me just because. Like I need my sleep to be able to keep all of that up. But. Of course, yeah. Your body needs to be recovered properly when you go for next training. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in your, uh, when you train your clients, mm-hmm. um, what's your, have you ever had any, any challenges with your clients? Like 
because they would be normal or, you know, mm-hmm. any other things. But do they ever come back to you saying, Hey, I'm not feeling, you know, hundred percent today? And, and being you motivational speaker, <laughs> what would you say to them? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you say that it depends on the client more often than not. Um, I don't know if it was the people that gravitated to me. Um, well, actually it depends. I ha- would have some clients that would actually try to do too much. Okay. And our conversations were like, you're not helping yourself. Like you're not recovering <laughs> or like mentally, like if you're doing this and, and you're hating, you're like, you're just beating yourself up the whole time. Why are you yeah. doing it? Yeah. Like, this is not, this is not the point of this. And so we'd have like talk through that. I did have some clients that I could tell they weren't, you know, even like they would say they were doing things. And I was like, Mm. I'm pudding, and I know that you're not being honest with me because yeah, you I see the results. Yes, exactly. Um, and at that point, it was just a um, they weren't my. I, I just enjoyed all of my clients. They weren't the longer yeah. term clients, and yeah. it, it ultimately came to a conversation of like, "Hey, I appreciate you as a person, mm. but um, this I can't do this for you." Yeah. And so, you know, if this is not the the best thing for you right now, that's fine. Mm. But if I'm going to program and give you this these workouts, then there is an expectation that you are going to do them or it is yeah. a waste of times. Yeah. So, and that's, I'm just like a, I used to, it's not that I enjoy confrontation. I hate confrontation, mm. but I very much um, have become more direct. Yeah. I guess. So I don't like, think it's better to do in, being direct and then, let this person believe, you know, this is what's happening. It's better to tell them blunt, yes. bluntly that, hey, this is what it is. If you're happy, it's okay. If you're not happy, I can't change it. Exactly. And and that's also understanding because I've talked to trainers before that they get so mad mm-hmm. about it. And it's like, you can't force someone to want some, to want what you want for them. Exactly. So like, I've, that's the first conversation I would ever have before taking a client. Like, what do you want out of this? And some mm-hmm would be like i don't really care about like this is just to do xyz i'm like cool so like i'm like we can have that mindset with this like that's i will program for you in that way and that's you know moving forward but whatever your goal is like if you don't if you don't want to do the work or if you don't feel good or whatever i might not agree but Mm. i'm also not going to take that on myself Uh, like that's not my issue to deal with because people don't realize what goes behind the scenes how much time you're putting into planning their plan, planning their workout or yes. planning how they want to do this. I had this, um, long time ago client and he was, he was big. He wanted to lose weight. Mm-hmm. He was 130 kilo. And then he said, like, I want to get to under 30 kilo, under 100 kilos in six months. I said, well, it is a big, big challenge yeah. for 30 kilos to be in six months. Look, you can try, you know, I wouldn't keep my hopes up. Yes, we can drop 10, at least, you know, 10 mm-hmm. to 15 kilo. That's, that's can be done. But if you push yourself a bit harder, you probably mm-hmm. can do it. And I think three weeks into the training, he was coming every morning. He was just, you know, but he was not like, he was trying to give hundred percent, but then again, he was telling me, no, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. Mm-hmm. So listen, you have a goal in for six yeah. months. I yeah. don't know if you can't, if you can't do this, you, you won't achieve that. Anyway, so three, three weeks into, he started taking steroids. And, oh. and that day I said, listen, I can't do this. I am not yeah. the person for you to train if you want to do this. 
Yeah. I am a big advocate of being natural, eating natural things. Yeah. I only recommend protein and creatine, two things, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And the first, he came in morning, he said like, oh, touch this, touch this leg. And he had like, he had a jab in his leg. He's like, three weeks, like in three weeks in it. I'm like, I was like, hell, I was like, it may, it may, it help, it will help me lose weight quickly. I said, no, it's not, it's not going to do that. But, you know, just, I can't lose all of that. That's like, listen, I am out. <laughs> I can't yeah. Do this. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's people part. don't realize this, you know, like we are telling you something because of the experiences. It just mm -hmm. doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It doesn't. That's the hardest thing with fitness. You get, I like hate all of those ads. Thankfully, I think the fitness industry is getting more and more away from this. Yes. But like the six week, like booty blaster programs, oh. like, what the people still buying it people are still people buying still it, buy it. that's the, another thing <laughs> i that's something i've always i have very much appreciated about crossfit is like nutrition and yes. like just they're very much into foundational health and yeah. like long term um for us you know you people can have stigmas about crossfit but once you're actually mm. in it you're like oh mm. this is actually a very like solid outlook on life yeah uh so thankfully, even in like social media, my algorithms and stuff, I'm not like around that. So <laughs> when people bring it up to me, I'm like, that's still a thing. Like, <laughs> you think you should like eat vegetables only and go run on a treadmill for two yeah. hours a day? Like, yeah. this is your thinking not to, <laughs> to get too opinionated. But yeah. it's just like, what are you thinking? Like, yeah, that's no. not life anymore. Like, you don't need to sign up for your whatever again but and there, and there are people who don't eat all day thinking like oh they're gonna lose weight yeah and that was one that's one of the biggest things i do still very much encounter people not within crossfit but yeah, within in general too, yes sure. yeah yeah it's just like i i've i've had some female clients in particular that were just like afraid to eat carbs and yeah. i was like i know that this is scary but i promise you i was like i got jacked when i started eating carbs <laughs> like <laughs> like and protein obviously but yeah. i was like stop being afraid of that and it's fuel so you have to fuel correctly and like you're not just like engorging or whatever but people are always like what do you eat in a day and i'm like i think you'd be shocked because it's actually <laughs> pretty much. normal like it's not it's not super fatty or healthy or whatever but i'm like i'm not like avoiding food basically <laughs> anything yeah yeah, like it's yeah. I make sure it fits into what I eat. And I've always approached food too as a way of like try and um, not to see as food as like like guilt or reward or yeah, punishment. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's it's actually yeah. consequence. Yeah. It's like if I'm gonna eat something Yeah, it's like if I eat something, I know how my body's gonna react to it. And I'm yeah. knowingly deciding and acknowledging this is my decision. So mm -hmm. if I want it, especially in season, I'm like I'm not tempted to eat other stuff because I don't want to feel sick while I work out. Yeah. But if I do choose to eat that, <clears throat> I can't complain about it because it was my decision and exactly. I acknowledge. <laughs> so I think that's the best thing you can do with nutrition. And people come from very different backgrounds of it, of course. Yeah. But for the most part, for the general population, it's like teach them like how this is going to affect your body. And then mm. you're a big kid. Like you're you're an adult. You can decide yeah. for yourself what you're exactly. going to eat from there. Yeah. And this is what people don't um, realize, you know, that's, again, that's their decision. If they say like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. I'm like, no, you had choice, but you made this choice. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's so many factors. People come from different backgrounds and it can be yeah. like traumatic. And I don't mm. want to take away from that. Or I'm definitely not the person that's like, just rub some dirt in it. You're fine. Like, I don't want to yeah. hear the excuse. 
it's not that it's understanding, but also on the other side of it, it's like, I understand that there are challenges, but if we're not going to face those challenges, regardless of the reasoning behind it, Mm. you will always get X, Y, Z result. So it's like, whether how, if our approach needs to change or why needs to change, whatever, that's fine. But it does not change the science of what you put in your body will give you this result. Exactly. 100%. So, yeah. And that's the other thing. I heard this, um, someone saying sort of motivational little quote that, you know, mm-hmm. you are where you are today because you decided to be there. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you are fat, if you are rich, if you're poor, or mm-hmm. if you are fit, that is your decision because you didn't, you choose this decision. You didn't want to be that person that you were mm-hmm. there. So if you are really fit and healthy, that's your decision. You didn't like that person. You want to be that person. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you know, that's the another thing people don't realize. It. And they make excuses knowing they haven't put the effort in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And honestly, that's a, another reason why I started accountability coaching. Because yeah. it's this, I, and I have been in places, not necessarily in fitness feeling, but like feeling lost or wanting to pity myself or or whatever the case would be. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you are never stuck. Mm. Things happen to you, but choosing to live in those circumstances and staying in those cir- circumstances, like, I mean, take my leg. Like yeah. I can, one in every 200,000 kids gets my birth defect. Like what okay. are the changes? Yeah. So like if. I can sit here for the rest of my life and pretend like I'm a victim and like oh. life woe is me. But the reality is that like it, it hurts no one but me. So the only difference that I have the ability, I will wake up every day, no matter what kind of shape I'm in and have one leg. The yeah. only thing that I can change about it is my attitude and what I do with it. Yes, And that carries across far beyond an adaptation or just life in general. So like, mm work with one-on-one clients now it's like you are not stuck you are choosing to be in this place and it just as i won't say easily because it does take time and effort and a lot of times it's very hard yeah but you can change like yeah. y- you can go f- very far from where you are now yes. but you have to wake up today and make a very conscious decision to do something different than you did the day before exactly Anyway, it is a self awareness. on it all day. <laughs> no, no, that's what I, well, I like. That <laughs> it's it's good for the audience who's ever listening. <laughs> there we go. Promise, I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I know I am 100 percent sure you are inspiration to many people in the world. What is your inspiration? Who inspires you? What mm. inspires you? Honestly, so I get this question a lot, and you know, you can have I have certain like athletes or that I respect and look up to. But generally speaking, there's never one person I'm like, oh, that person. What inspires me most genuinely is people that live everyday life Mm -hmm. with with integrity. Because I think that is actually very difficult to do. Um, Because now, I mean, I love what I do. I love like... You know, I'm I'm in a very different place than like six years ago. But mm-hmm. without getting too much into it, like I came here for music. I thought I was going to be in music. That was like how I found my identity. Yeah. Some stuff happened that I was like, I'm going to lay this down. I don't really want to be in this industry. I got a random job in like this interim of deciding like kind of what was my next step. Yeah, and it was this like job. I, it was fine. I was mm. it was in a marketing department for a sales company. It was fine, but it was just one of those things where I was like, 
I still have to show up to this job and do this well. Yes. And I have to respect my boss and I have to like care to at least to an extent where I am like giving my best foot forward because I chose to be here. Yes. And I think that is incredibly hard and it is the easiest spot in life to give excuses of why you can half-ass stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just of like, oh, people that can do this like with integrity, like there's something to be said for that. And then like, because I was like, how I show up for here is a reflection of how I'm going to show up in every job since whether I love it. Because like circumstances can change. Mm -hmm. But like the only thing you control is yourself and being able to control your control, like your actions and your attitude in very hard situations is like something that I respect very much. So now like I'm, you know, in a different spot, I've been able to meet some people in some really great environments, but I've sometimes like I've met people in great environments and I have a ton of respect. I'm like, I see how you get here. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I've met people and I'm like, not with faith. Like I, I actually <laughs> like the, the people who has integrity over here. And it's yeah. just, it's just a matter of like, how are you showing up when there's not a camera on your face? Yes. And um, when, or do you have integrity when no one was watching and yes. that inspired? So. Yeah. And that, that is the, I think that is the good thing because when you are actually who you are, when no one's watching you, mm-hmm. it's just, you yeah, can say whatever, you can say whatever, anything to anyone or anyone's face or on the camera, but it's the person that makes you that what you do behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those things will always come out eventually. I think it's like the fruit of like your action, like you can talk all day long, but your actions are going to show who you are more than anything. And that will reveal eventually. Um, And when I see that in people, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I like much respect for you. Like I can Mm -hmm. see the fruit of what you do. So. Um, have you ever had any injuries in the past? Um, somewhat. I, I broke my wrist in 2015. Wrist? Um, How did you do that? My, first yeah. time starting the gym? Yeah, actually. Um, I was like very out of shape. It was hilariously, it was like a six inch box jump. It like wasn't even a thing. And I, yeah, I, I didn't work out at all. Um, and I just wasn't paying attention and I tripped. And obviously I do box jumps with one leg, but I tripped and um, fell on it. And like yeah. the two bones, the radius and the ulna went on top yeah. of each other. Okay. So I did that. Um, <clears throat> then a couple of years later, I, there are minor injuries. Um, I tore a couple of ligaments in my ankle right after getting my first running blade. That was not fun. Cause when you have two legs out for the count, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I remember, and I live alone and I remember like having to let my dog out and literally like crawling. It was the oh most crawling time of my life. <laughs> I would like fall out of bed. It sounds dramatic because oh, I had geez. like putting any pressure on my leg or my foot for a couple of weeks was very painful. So I would just fall out of bed, crawl through the house and let him out and then come back and be like, never take for granted your left foot ever again. Um, but yeah, I did that and again a couple of months and it was fine. Um, and then I had a minor back injury actually leading up to one of the the 2022 games, which that okay. that it was more like stress related than anything. But um yeah, but it wasn't anything major. Mm. Um so I wanna ask you your whole life, mm-hmm. or you can say from your fitness journey or from when you started to become what has been your biggest challenge? Mm. 
believing in myself, I would say. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have expected this answer from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I honestly like to think that like what I share with people is not coming from a place of I don't get it. Okay. Like when I'm saying like it's hard to believe in yourself, but you can, it's because I know how hard it is. Mm. And I I have come so far in it. Um so I think especially with like with specific things with like my leg and challenges and and yes. just believing that. So yeah, I think I always I tend to have imposter syndrome. I even struggle with that in music. I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm like decent, but there's always someone better than me. Of course. And it took me a long time to understand like that's okay. Like mm. there is always going to be someone better than yes. you, but like, if you're focused on that, then it's a distraction anyway. Like just be focused on what you can do. Yeah. Um so when I started switching my mindset to be like that doesn't matter. Let's just see what you're capable of. Mm. Um then I started actually like enjoying the process and tru yeah. truly like seeing and believing that I could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, confidence is great, but confidence also comes from experience. You can't just be like, I'm confident and yeah. you can until you make it to an extent, but like <clears throat> people can tell at some point if you're not actually confident. <laughs> um, and so that's all come from just me putting in the work when I didn't want to yeah. and getting to the point where I was like, no, I actually can do this. So. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And just the opposite, what's your biggest strength? My biggest strength? Ooh, I am not a quitter. Just, <laughs> 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 I am very stubborn. <laughs> so, and yeah, I think I, that's that's the another quality of being in fitness mm -hmm. that that will lead you to places that you know that you're not quitter. You don't like yeah. to quit. You don't like to be, you like to challenge yourself to be somewhere. And then you yes. make that point. You stubborn. You don't want to leave because you think like other person's done it. I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when I started CrossFit, cause I was kind of like that with music. Like, I mean, I, I worked very hard at <laughs> music and, um, then when I started CrossFit, I told my mom casually, I was like, just going to like pick up this thing. It's just this fun thing at the gym. She's like, Amy, you never <laughs> just have a casual hobby. She's like, you're going to like CrossFit's going to be a thing for you. It's like, no, it's not. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> and sure enough, and she was like, I told you. Like, yeah, a she's year your mom. yeah. I was like, okay. Yep, <laughs> no. But yeah, I'm, I'm very like stubborn. I, I don't quit things easily. So. Well, that, that, that expected from you. This answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well this is this is the final thing i want to ask you is um what was your biggest why that you started all this why i started all this well if we go back to like even before crossfit the confidence yeah. you know i wanted to see what i was capable of that's what it became like by the time it was crossfit it was like let's see what i'm capable of and show other people that they can do it too and I know yeah. that sounds kind of cheesy, but I generally mean that, like, especially like m now it's about like middle school girls having, like, I didn't have anything to look to. Yeah. Like it was like, my commercials when I was a kid with one leg, I would see like Paralympians and geriatric. And I was like, I have no person my age just trying to live life to look to and ask questions. Yeah. So I love being able to be in a public space enough to like maybe provide that. Mm -hmm. more for like girls like 
you know, like I was. Um, but when I started, it was really just acknowledging I wasn't happy with where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I was tired of talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was uh, like I had like a couple conversations with really close people. And it was just both conversations. It was like, are you just going to keep talking like this? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to do gonna something, change about something about it? Yeah. And so I didn't do anything like crazy. It was like, you know, my brother-in-law helped me. He like gave me like tat. He would like go put a skirt on and go in public. It was like that small. That's how much I was like, I didn't want to do those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I started saying like affirmations to myself, like that spoke to my insecurities. It was, it was very small things that I did at a time that eventually became a little bit bigger things and have eventually led to where I am today. Yeah. So. That is pretty much it. I think that's about it. That's our session. I loved having you here. And I'm sure who would listen to you get some inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank you for making this time. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had fun talking to you. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Fit Fact King podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we get the facts about getting fit.